Welcome back to Jim and Pat's Glasgow West End Chat. My name's Jim Byrne and uh, this is the second part of my chat with Leslie O'Brien, the super talented singer-songwriter, storyteller, poet and all-round magical person. But before we start, I'd like, just to, I'd like to just remind you that one of the reasons I'm chatting with Leslie is because we're trying to drum up some cash to keep the Carlton Studios opened. As I'm sure you are aware, that during these COVID lockdown times, it's very difficult for arts venues and for studios and for rehearsal spaces, etc., to pay their bills. So the Carlton Studio has got a crowdfunder on at the moment and they're looking for your support. So you can type that into Google or if you go into Facebook, you can search for it. It's Carlton Studios Crowdfunder. I'm sure you'll find it and give some cash. Anyway, let's have a wee listen to what... uh, Leslie's got to say this is a particularly entertaining episode. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. So, so at the moment, you are. I mean, this this is your job, a storyteller. Is that right? Yeah. Storyteller, professional storyteller. Register. A writer, yeah. a poet. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of a creative magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throwing yeah. some fairy dust about. <laughs> Like to think. <laughs> <laughs> which is a good way for me to get into this next bit so that's where All you right. are you know at the moment you know which is a you know very attractive uh it's a, hard to say a job because it, it sounds more like a lifestyle than a kind of uh, ideal life <laughs> yeah. if I, you know if i was to say i've arrived at being a storyteller poet magical person you know giving <laughs> give her a cheer to the rest of the world and the community and make people feel good. That's a great place to arrive in your, in your life, I would say. Uh, it is a great privilege and a great, you know, yeah, it brings a lot of joy for, for me and hopefully for others, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, yeah, on you go, sorry. I, I don't know, I can't, I'm not sure where I was going with that one, but yeah. So, so it'd be quite good for me to then say, well, how did you manage to get there? <laughs> You know, that's, that's get... quite a destination to arrive at. So yeah. you mind me just asking you, you know, where did you come from? How did you grow up? You know, how did you arrive yeah. at this, this situation? Well, I, it kind of probably where to take it back to, um, maybe take it far back as my granny telling maybe leprechaun stories, you know, you know, tell me another story, granny, and she would just make them up on the spot, but mm-hmm. we leprechauns, you know, so obviously... You know, the, there was just a real love for language in the family and, and singing. Everybody sang at family parties. Right. Where like, was that based? Where were you? Uh, East End. I'm from Bridgeton. So, right, OK. Um, um, an East End gal. And uh, so, yeah, there was just a real um, appreciation of uh, stories and, and, and jokes and singing mm. and things like that, you know. Um, and then I think, you know, if I kind of fast forward to... Probably that I was telling you earlier, but I took a sabbatical from. Right. I don't know if I mentioned that I took a sabbatical from Women's Aid in nineteen ninety nine. When you say you were working at Women's Aid, uh, uh, how did you get there? I mean, did you, did you go to university or college yeah. or get an education? Yeah, yeah, or? yeah. yeah. I, I skipped that wee chapter there. Yeah, I went to Stirling University and right. studied sociology. Right. Um, okay. And I did a lot of emphasis on women's studies right. um, and women in sociology. 
Um, so I always kind of had an interest in that. Um, so, I mean, again, I suppose, I suppose the thing I, that I quite like to know is how people end up with the mindset or the view of the world that they have. Uh, you know, so it takes, it takes a certain view of the world and a certain attitude and a certain sort of understanding of how the world works to have the mindset that you've got at the moment and to have the mindset of anybody who would, who would become somebody who works at a particular place mm -hmm. or, or whatever. So, so why, what made you get even to that point? I mean, why would anybody do sociology? You know, why? What? <laughs> sociology, well, I think it's probably inspired when, when I was wee, I used to go for a walk from Bridgeton and it was walking distance to the People's Palace. Right. And I'd say that the People's Palace was a big, you know, as well as, you know, always being a kind of people person and, and, mm -hmm. and my granny's, you know, house was always full of people. So, you know, sociology is about people and groups of people. Yeah. So you know, always had a lot of interaction yeah. with people. Um, very I did sociology myself, so I know what it is. Ah, right. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Sorry, I didn't. I don't know that I was telling, saying you, you weren't. I think then you were yeah. I just I just as an aside I, I did ah, politi right, politics and economics at university right. I did sociology right. in my first year and right. psychology and politics. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was too dry and boring but um so we're I was a sociology and so I used to walk to the people's palace yeah. and I think um the fabulous Elspeth King who was the creator yeah, yeah. there he probably helped encourage my interest in women, you know, with all the suffragette stuff that yeah. was going on, you know, that she had up there for years. Um, and I used to just love going, yeah. along, going along and, and reading about all the, the history of people, you know, things that I could connect with. So I suppose, yeah. you know, the whole, all the things that I do, it's about connection. It's yeah. about connecting with people. And that's that's what the people of Palace did so well. Yeah. It told the people's... Um, stories history well you know and it's about you know and everything as I say everything I do whether it's about the music or the poetry or, or the work in women's aid it is about connecting mm -hmm. with people. And was that at that point related to politics or was that just was it out with politics it was more kind of social politics yeah at the time you know like a lot of people when they're maybe a teenager 17 18 19 they become very into a particular idea. I did uh, so. my, my labour I had my Labour card. I did have joined the right. Labour Party when I yeah. was, I think, sixteen. So I became quite political. Right. Then I did attend. Um, I think I, I think Tommy Sheridan encouraged us all to go and strike right. as, as school yeah. children. So I did. <laughs> so I went to strike about teachers' pays. I think it was. Yeah. Um, and then I joined the Labour Party, and yeah, I did become. I wasn't a very active member, but I, mm. you know, I was. I did the whole minor strike thing was going on, you know, so yeah, you yeah. couldn't help but take a side. And, you know, my grandpa was a minor right. and died at emphysema um, in his early 60s. So, right. you know, so I had a connection to that and, and you know, was on yeah. the side. Not on Thatcher's side, that's for sure. No, no. I mean, I was in the Labour Party as a teenager as well, and Clay Bank. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Right. And I mean, I know, all of the, I know all of that kind of side of things. And, you know, Tommy Sheridan, yeah. what's the name of the... His organisation, I can't remember now. The uh, Socialist Workers' Party was his right, party. Right, yeah. yeah, I wasn't yeah, in the yeah. Social Worker Party, mind you. It was another one that I wasn't in any of them, but I mean, I remember at the time there was another one that I was kind of interested in. Yeah, I can't, can't remember the name of them. There were so many different yeah. factions. There was, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that's my 
Yeah, that was my journey. I don't know where I was telling yeah, you. Yeah, so, so you, you kind of get interested in uh, society and equality or lack of equality, whether it be gender or whether it be economic, yeah. I suppose. Uh, yeah. What, it was Stirling you went to? You just... I went to Stirling University, yeah. Was that a good uh, experience? It was a good experience, yeah. I remember I, I, I was pretty academic at school and I did well and I, I actually was I got a choice of universities I could have gone to any of the other great ones um, but I just I, I just when I went to Stirling I just I got a good feeling from it and, and also it had a good history of um, had a good reputation rather you know mm. of the sociology department being quite left-wing and, and right right and there were some good feminists in the department and right. and it was a beautiful setting as well so right. my heart was like oh the hills you know yeah. get out the city um and i'm glad that i did that because if i'd have gone to somewhere like st andrews i just think i would have been a bit um yeah yeah it'd have been a bit intimidated i think um with the poshness of it all so and, and were there people there that you would have considered mentors or people that had sort of uh influenced you or encouraged you or discouraged you or whatever was there individuals in, in your life at, at that time um, yeah there was yeah um some of the, the the professors there were very encouraging um in the sociology department you know the kind of feminists that were there mm -hmm. Alison Bose I remember and I've forgotten the names of the others um but yeah, they were very encouraging um, in my studies, you know, and I, and I did pretty well uh, mm -hmm. with my degree. So, um, but the other influences that that uh, I remember at university, I lived in this house. I got out of the halls. The halls just felt really suffocating in the mm -hmm. first year. It was a bit intense. Um, and I'd made some good friends and we, we went searching for a house and we found this house and the official, it was behind a pub. The pub was called the Birds and the Bees, and the 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 house, um, the official. There was no number for the house. The house that was just behind the pub. Mm -hmm. um, so we gave the university the address of the big house behind the Birds and the Bees, and that became our address forevermore for four years. That, that was whatever the big house behind the Birds and the Bees, and what a house! Oh my God, it was it was an old. Do you, do you know the house that's in in Father Ted? Do you remember? Oh it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly that house. Right. It was the same design. <laughs> that house, me father Ted, luckily, but um, or unluckily, uh, but it was all full. It was myself, two. We had uh, a couple of girlfriends from uni, mm -hmm. um, and a couple of local guys. So we actually started to mix with locals instead of it being ah, a kind right. of okay. That's thing. interesting. Yeah, yeah. And they were they were all musicians. So right. I had courage. Um, that's when I started to get really into my music when I was young. Young, right. I suppose. And um, we had some great sessions. In fact, um, Stevie Christie used to come along, who's now the, the pianist and the proclaimers. All right, he okay. Along, he was a big house behind the birds and the bees. Um, and uh, well, it was a great place for parties as well. It was just, it was quite kind of ramshackle, but but um, but quite posh at the same time. We all had ensuite bathrooms and we all had these really weird right. um, design beds that were kind of in mezzanines, you know. It was quirky. It was a really quirky house. And I had this, the best view because out my window, you could see the Wallace Monument. Out the other window, you could see Stirling Castle. And the other 
wonder you could see the Oakle Hills. So it was just beautiful. That sounds nice, yeah. Not, yeah. not the typical student accommodation there. No, well, it's got, it's got that cell. It was like a prison cell. That was the only downside of Sterling. It was yeah. like, you know, it was this little prison cell. You and were and in. Not, not the young ones. What was it? Was it what was that one uh, it was on the television? That kind of oh, the young ones. Was it the young ones? Oh, I, aye, aye, well, the, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a bit like that, the house, but maybe not as run down as that one. No. <laughs> so, yeah, some music. That was a period of, of, of music in my life. Right. So was the folk, uh, I've seen earlier on a bit about mentors and people that encourage, encourage you, because I mean, when I, when I used to do a lot more of these interviews, uh, I'm, I'm way out of practice, so I apologise. Uh, it was always something I was kind of interested in. And usually people would say to me, oh, there was this one person. It's not so much what they taught you. It's yeah. what they said to you that you had, you know, talent or they gave yeah. you confidence. That's the, that tends to be what happens yeah. sometimes is that people give you confidence by saying what you're doing is good or or whatever, you know. So that was yeah. what I was doing. I said, did you have people there that well, can? I've had, um, Jim, I've been really lucky in my life where I've had a lot of amazing mentors in all mm -hmm. different sort of chapters in my life. And I think that's definitely, it definitely has played a, a big part in, in taking me to where I am, you know, by, you know, being confident in, in yeah. these different areas, you know. I think so, it's yeah. really important, you know. You know, I, I I run a songwriting course, online songwriting course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my approach to running that course has been influenced by, in some extent, by my own attitudes, but to some extent by the stories that people have told me when I've interviewed them about people in their life that I've told them they're good at something. Yeah. And that has then made them, given them the confidence to do it. So. Yeah. So I have a particular attitude towards teaching people, which I mean, you don't teach people, they learn themselves, you know, but, yeah. but what you have to do is give them the confidence to learn yep. themselves and to yep. make them feel that they can do it, give them a belief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so that's always, in terms of my songwriting course, is really the, the heart of what I try to do, is not to say, not to criticise at any point. You know, if somebody sends me a song and says, could you critique that? I don't really critique it. Critique it. I say no. it's good, because yeah. that's really all people want to know. As, as it's good yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the, the best things about it are this <laughs> and this yeah. or whatever and yeah. you know, and that's all you can do because all you need yeah. to do is tell people yes keep going you've got what it takes yeah because one of the things about uh, I was almost going to say I'll let you into a secret here it's not about <laughs> the results it's not about whether somebody really appreciates your song or not it's about yeah. how it affects you as a person at the end of the day yeah. whether it gives you any joy yeah if it's not giving you any joy, you shouldn't be doing it. Uh, if it is giving you joy, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. That's really mm -hmm. what it is. So if you can give folk the ability to do it uh -huh. and not worry about, you know, what, whether people, critics out there think it's good or not, because it's kind of irrelevant, isn't it? Yeah. It's the joy of the doing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's you know, the whole process and how it makes you feel. It's the most important thing. It's the most important thing. So, yeah. so whether I'm any good at songwriting doesn't, in fact, really matter that much. And, and at one level, yeah, or anybody's yeah. good at it. Yeah, yeah. But if you love doing it, yeah, and it's a big part of who you are. Yeah, you know that's really the the important thing at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm again, I'm getting into it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's reminding me of just something that you said earlier. I've been attending this 
group that came through Lapidus. It was uh, Larry Butler, who's the founder of Lapidus in Scotland, who's an amazing guy. But he he's a mentor, one a figure in my life that's been influential. But he set up this group, um, and he's done it in various times. But um, but basically, we started to self facilitate, you know, a creative writing group. Right. Okay. So we'd be meeting in uh, somebody's house. I've been a member of it for about fourteen years, and I'm I'm actually the longest standing member. People, different people have some people have passed away, and others have left for different reasons but it's just such a powerful um supportive group and that's yeah. where a lot the my confidence has come from is from yeah. being a participant in that group and there's there's a, a beautiful process that larry handed to us um that we've used consistently um and it is about encouraging each other um you know, what do you like about it? What what, what yeah. does it mean? There's a kind of certain process that we go through, and we've been used in it all these years. Yeah. And and it's not. And it, there is a bit where it's not. What what do you not like about it? It's what would you do with this if it were yours? How would you change it? So it's about giving positive yeah, yeah. suggestions. No, that's a good. Idea. That's a good way of looking at it, right enough. Yeah. yeah. If it's yours, what would you do with it? So so it, that's what we do towards the end of the group. Here's my suggestion, and you can take it or leave it. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, and it's just been amazing. A wonderful mm -hmm. group of people that I've been involved with and really amazing writers, actually, as well as beautiful people, you know. Yeah, I remembered why I actually brought that up. It was because the one thing that can happen is that if somebody says something bad about your work, it can be crushing and it can actually yeah. uh, destroy your ability to do it, you know, which is why I'm yeah. about, about that course. And some of those ideas actually came out of a book I read decades ago, which was about, it was a, something a person had written about how to teach writing and her attitude. Can't remember the woman's name, can't remember the name of the book, but it was her idea never to criticise, only yeah. to provide encouragement and, yeah. uh, you know, reinforce yeah. the person's confidence and belief in themselves. Absolutely. Because they mean, will learn you... themselves. That's where the learning comes from is them. Yeah. You know, they do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Know. I mean, how many times have you heard somebody say, well, I never, you know, I tried singing when I was wee, but the teacher told me to shut up because I was rubbish, well, you know, and, and that's the start well, for life. I've had quite know? a few of those uh, in my oh. life. Uh, I was the person that was taken out of the choir <laughs> at school. Oh, I couldn't sing, you know, and, and I still remember the, it happening. Uh, oh. I went to this, you know, I don't know why I was there. I mean, I must have had something in my head that I, that I wanted to do music. Uh, but the women get closer and closer with her ear because we were all in a line singing this thing. And she right. and I was getting quieter and quieter as she was getting closer and closer. Wow. <laughs> and eventually she was yeah. up. You go back to your class. <laughs> still have it in my head. I've yeah, still, well, I still remember that. Yeah, that's awful. Not that I'm a great singer. I'm, I'm not a great singer. I know it's one of my weaknesses. But I do love to sing. You are a good you know? singer. You are a good singer. <laughs> You know, uh, don't listen to her. Don't listen to her. <laughs> your head. But anyway, next next thing. So you so you went to university. You're, you're involved in the sociology. You're interested in yeah. women's yeah. I didn't, women's <laughs> studies. That's the wrong phrase, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, gender and equality. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, yeah. So when you come out of university, is that when you? I mean, what what happened then? How did you? When I went after university, I went travelling. Actually. Um, 
whilst at university, I had fallen in love with a Brazilian whilst in a kibbutz in Israel. So oh, right, I went okay. back to the kibbutz. Right. <laughs> what age were you then? Uh, I was 21, I think. Right. One somewhere there. That must have been pretty damn exciting. Yeah, it was exciting. And I went travelling uh, with Fernando um, all around Europe. Um, we got the boat over from Israel to Turkey and then just went round to the whole of Turkey. We hitchhiked around Turkey. Right. <laughs> Think about it now. But um, it was a great experience and went round uh, various countries in Europe and and he had his guitar and we would, that was, I remember he had, so I fell in love with a musician. I was always attracted to musicians. Um, yeah, so I just, I'm just getting me flashback to that. I remember being on, uh, we would be hitchhiking and he would have this massive guitar and we would just get dropped off in the middle of nowhere in Turkey because we went right all the way over to the Iranian border and um We'd be in these wee villages, and you know, of course, we don't don't speak Turkish, and he yeah, yeah. speak. Um, so communication all kind of happened. We would just be kind of sitting on his guitar next to his guitar, and like the whole village would come running to cut, see who we were, and and then we would just kind of communicate through signs, and then we would maybe sing a wee song. I can just remember singing quite a few Beatles songs right, in okay. these dusty villages in Turkey, and then we would. You know, just music was was the way to communicate, and people obviously yeah. liked that. And we get invited to somebody's house. For that tea. sounds amazing. So, I take it your parents were quite happy with that at the time. They were. Um, my mother would probably be horrified if I told her all the story. About it. <laughs> 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 um, but I never got sold. You know, I was survived, and it was all fine. Um, yeah. I'm just glad actually I did all that in the days before mobile phones, where I could yeah, be yeah. totally well, free. Not... I mean, I yeah. went, we we went to France. Uh, we hitchhiked to France when I think I was about 17 at the time. Me and my three pals, I think it was. But that was like a comedy sketch, quite frankly. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, we had lots of adventures, and we had no money. You know, we had very little money, well, so. We're... Yeah. Uh-huh. So we would sort of sleep in car parks and things and sleep in train stations and all that kind of stuff and, and meet the police people because they would always be getting us up in the middle of the night and telling us to move oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> I experienced myself. Sleeping. It was an adventure, I suppose, you know, at that time. Yeah. You know? it, it, it is. It's what makes you, isn't it? And yeah. 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 I've been woken up on the beach myself by the police in France, I remember. Yeah. Making the place look untidy and nice because it was full of. All oh, right, know, okay. Yeah. Who are these hippie, hippies on the beach? <laughs> exactly, I'm making it look nasty and horrible and that. Yeah. But so anyway. Not, not that we want to take uh, as long as your life took to do this interview. So, so, so from there. <laughs> well, guys, where do you want me to go now? That could change forever. You don't want to hear my whole life story. That's condensed. <laughs> condensed version. Yeah. So, how did you go from that to, be, to get to, towards becoming a storyteller? A storyteller. A... Well, that was when I came back, when I, when I took my sabbatical from work. Um, and I was traveling, I would write letters to my, my niece who was five at the time. Mm-hmm. And the stories in the letters, so I would be telling her about my, my traveling adventures. And so I'm doing it in, in a language right. that she can understand. Right. So I started to incorporate 
um, songs or poems that I would write in the letters. And so it was a kind of mixture of truth and reality, these letters. So I kind of realised at the end, I had a wee kind of story, I had a children's story, and I thought maybe maybe this is... Maybe this is what I need to be doing is something with this story. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, I started to inquire, and that's um, as well as going to the studio, I was thinking about this writing and what, what to do with that. And I discovered the Scottish Storytelling Centre. Right, okay. And um, I started to go to their club nights and got enthralled with the magic of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got a mentor, one of, one of my fabulous mentors in my life was through the Scottish Storytelling Centre and I met Claire McNichol and Ruth Kirkpatrick um, and they were quite pioneers in the whole um, storytelling world because they had managed to um, create a job within Children First specifically using storytelling and um, but using the kind of therapeutic intent behind storytelling and within the social work field um, to help children and families um, recover from whatever um, so that's that. You know, when I when I when I saw Claire initially, Claire McNichol telling a story, and she was such an amazing storyteller. You know, the, the kind of proverb is to tell it heart to heart, soul to soul, and eye to eye. Right. You know, and just really brilliant at it. Um, and plus, she was doing it with mm-hmm. this kind of therapeutic intent. So that was my yeah. interest because of my community yeah, background. I'm interested in that. I mean, is do do these stories? Do you start with a kind of ideal structure for a, that one of these types of stories, or does it just comes out your head and you write it down and it becomes a story, or is there a is there a path that the, most of these stories take? Well, the story uh, there's there's always a, a hero going on a journey usually. Isn't right, it? okay. It's, it's traditional stories. Is that a kind of parable type thing? Is that? Yeah, ideal? yeah. I mean, there's story, you know, it just depends what your own interest is, but basically it would be, you know, traditional. So I had sort of entered the storytelling world with my own story. That's how I found it. But generally speaking, as a story, well, it kind of varies, but the traditional world of storytelling is using traditional stories from Scotland or Ireland. Right, okay, okay. So there are sets of stories out there which make make up a... Cult, no, what's the word I'm looking for? Make up a canon yeah. <laughs> of story stories that people then either say or refashion for their own times. Is that the idea? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You tell it. Um, the tra- tradition is, um, you know, you tell it from the heart. You know, you're never going yeah. to read it. Obviously, as a storyteller, yeah. you're just saying it. So yeah, it just depends what your own interest is and what stories you particularly like. You know, because yeah. there's all different. You know, I've got a friend, Alison Gilbraith, her particular interest is um, ecology, you know, and she's right. written, she's pulled in a, a collection of, of stories from Scotland, England, Ireland and Wales that have all got a kind of ecological um, theme. Right. Okay. So, you know, it just depends what your interest is. You know, there's right. just, there's millions out there, really. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's not a world I know anything about, you know. <laughs> but right, it, right. it sounds quite magical to me, though. You know, it, it is a magical world, you know, and that it, it, I kind of got hooked. You know, it's like tapping into that, yeah. that the child, tapping into that magic. You know, remember yeah, right. when you were leaving, somebody told you a story and you were in it hook, line and sinker, you know, yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful place to be. Um, and it's just really good for you in, in all different ways, you know, your physical health, your mental health, mm-hmm. your imagination, 
you're you're feeling yourself worse. There's you know it's just so mm. many good things. I mean, what is your kind of creative process, if you don't mind me asking? Is there a creative process or is a? There... Um, it kind of depends what I'm, what the purpose of it is. You know, if I'm using a traditional story. You know, so for example, I, I like, um, there's a, a book, uh, Clarissa Pinkola, she says, um, Women Who Run With the Wolves. Mm. She's got a fabulous, um, she writes her own stories, but she also has traditional stories that she's kind of rewritten. Um, so I love her stories that are in there. So I would maybe, so I've taken one, the first one, La Loba, The Wolf Woman, I've taken that story. And I guess the process is you kind of, you read her story and, mm -hmm. you know, for me, then I would put it into my own, my own words mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I might um, write a song that would go with it so that I quite ah, okay. like doing that to incorporate a song in the story. And for different reasons, I think, you know, for the listener's point of view, it actually kind of, it's a nice break away from the intensity of somebody telling you a story eye to eye you know that yeah, it can, yeah, yeah. and it takes you to some a different place you know yeah, as yeah. well no, that's a great idea different no, place i was so, thinking about myself you know if i'm doing a, like a gig or something how can i make this more interesting <laughs> you know? yeah and i suppose and from the opposite you know if you how, how can you make the story more interesting well you could add music you know and have a wee song yeah you know. and you might add in and to make it interesting it's all about that connection thing again isn't yeah. it it's, a, a joy is it a joining in chorus we can do so that yeah. the audience yeah that's actually true that's participate true. yeah you know is, is it or should i get out my bag of percussion instruments so that they can yeah. actually join in with that or um or is there a you know I've, I've mixed it in with um arts you know using different arts you know uh felt making you know over the right, years okay. incorporated that in the middle of the workshop and stuff so there's all different ways. More, there's a million like and one. Being an artist rather than just a storyteller. Yeah, it's about tapping into your own skills and and mm. how you how you know how can I use them to make this interesting and to make yeah. it meaningful for people, you know. So what would be a, like a traditional place that you would go to still sell and tell one of your stories? What 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 is how's that world work? That, you are a professional storyteller. Where, where would I tell it? Yeah, I mean, where would I tell the story? So, you, so, so your job as a storyteller, how how does that work in practice? <laughs> as, a work, yeah. <laughs> as a job, yeah, as a job, do people invite you along? And yeah, you, yeah, you get invited along. I mean, like years ago, I would do uh, um, when I first started, I did a lot of nurseries and and primary schools and, and right. that thing. Um, so it just it into community groups, you get invited mm -hmm. into them to do it. Um, and within Women's Aid, I've, I've worn kind of both hats, you know. So mm -hmm. I like to tell stories um, in that community, you know, with women in the refuge, women and children. Women's my main job, mm -hmm. working with women. So, um, yeah, so the, the, I think over the years, so my main interest within the storytelling world has been using it as a springboard for um, creative writing with women. Right. I think that really... Okay. Right, right, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, you know Carol Lawler? Uh, Carol Lawler, the singer? Yeah, well, I don't know her I know who you mean. She does a lot of uh, workshops teaching people how to write songs. Not so much. Right. So it'd be like going into a prison or something like that. Yeah. And she would spend the, the day where they would be writing a song, which would 
be related to their life, you know, kind of, and it's all, yeah. it's all part, it's not just, it's not about songwriting, essentially, it's about therapy and kind of, yeah, yeah, you know, well, that's, that's you know, what, what you're talking about, but she's doing it with song, you're doing it with stories, I suppose, it's the same yeah. at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, but helping people to tell their own story, yeah, that's the kind that's of right, that, that's yeah. right, but yeah. uh, you'd probably be interested to speak to Carol, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there are some overlaps in, in what you do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, any, anybody who's like uh, happened to make their entire living through music or through storytelling has got to be incredibly uh, creative. And <laughs> yeah. And, but... and how, how they go about that. And I suppose yeah. that world of going into a group, uh, it could be a prison, it could be anything, uh, yep. you know, and, and yeah. doing these workshops is, is part of part of that. Yeah, good for yeah, them and good for you because you're making a living as well at the same time, you know. Definitely, yeah. there's yeah, a whole world out there to be tapped into. Yeah. But, uh, so, so thanks a lot for uh, for chatting to me. Uh, because maybe end with sort of reminding folk about uh, about the crowdfunding and the, and the counting studio and all yep. the things related to that, mm. and uh, tell uh, them where, again where they can get things. Um, you can okay. Um, so you, if you go onto the crowd, the Carlton Studios crowdfunder page, you can um, pledge a donation there, and if you want, you can get some of their fabulous merchandise. Um, or you can go into Bandcamp um, and find the song "Shine Like the Star You Are," or find the, uh, which is mine and Kenny Hislop's, and or you can find. The the one by James King and the Lone Wolves called Bottom of the Sea. Um, and yeah, and just want to say a big thanks to everybody who's already donated. It's been it's been wonderful. Thanks, Leslie. And they could listen to your song tomorrow on Radio Scotland. Yes. And uh, the afternoon show. Uh, and here, what's the name of the song again? Um Wrap My Heart. Wrap My Heart. Or wrap my heart, as it should wrap be. Wrap my heart, exactly. Wrap my heart. Uh, and well, in fact, I say tomorrow. I may not have this edited in, that, in time for tomorrow. Yeah, so, <laughs> so that's not going uh, <laughs> to so work. That would probably be quite. Uh, but I'll say, I will somehow get a recording of it and put it somewhere that people can. I could end with a wee poem that um, it started off with. Right, like. okay. Yeah, go for that. That's, that. that's a good idea. As, a, yeah. as an ending. So rather than it being a conversation between a mother and child, this is more a, a, a the idea of the self-compassion, you know, thinking about, you know, getting rid of that inner critic that tells yeah. you you can't sing like you were talking yeah, about yeah. earlier. That's right. So, um, so it's called Mercy Me. Wrap my heart in a shawl of mercy, tender as a mother's touch on her newborn child. Shield me from arrows tipped with venom and cunningly carved with an insider's knowledge of secret passageways where anger freely flows, piercing from the inside out. Wrap my heart in a shawl of mercy, tender as the touch of sorrow and sweet forgiveness. Yay. Oh, bravo! <laughs> Beautiful, lovely. Thanks very much, Thank Leslie. You. Thank I'll you. I'll get this done as soon as I can, and I'll send you a wee note. Okay. Lovely. 
All right. Well, thanks nice for having to speak me to you. your show. Fabulous. We got over the technical issues. Yeah, we did, eventually. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. okay. Thank you, yes. Jim. Bye. Thanks very much, Leslie. It's been a, a joy to chat to you. I'll catch you all in the next episode of Jim and Pat's Glasgow West End Chat. Bye for now.